0: Hey, Legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Galaxy Finance. Call them on 1300 917740. The great ones, they're different they really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Some like him, some don't. Those that actually know him, they love him. It's not a popularity contest for this bloke. It's about winning, only winning. But who is Ricky Stewart? I've never
1: had that question asked me before, uh, Andy. Um, I'd say that... um, (laughs) Kaylee just say out in the background. Can she answer that, <laughs> uh, mate? Um, you like, I'd like to think that um, you know people would recognise me as a um, person who's been involved for a very long time in rugby league, a um, a guy who loves his mates and uh, cherishes his family, and it's something in COVID that has had a um, <clears throat> a great bearing on us all being closer and uh, spending more time with family and I must say it's actually been fun from uh, my point of view being in lockdown, having more time with um, the family especially two boys who uh, are locked up in the house, can only go out to footy training or work, mm. they've got to come home for dinner so it's good
0: What's the difference between the private and the very public Ricky Stuart?
1: Huge yeah. Huge difference Um I I don't need to go right into it, but it's a massive difference to be honest, uh, Andy. It's uh, you're in a very public position as a as a um, as a coach. Your um, your every move and decision yeah. is um, accounted for daily.
0: Mm.
1: You know you, you you haven't got the opportunity to be getting a review every six months, months—it's uh, you're reviewed every day. And sometimes now with how social media is, uh, media, the, the, um, the amounts and the number of people that are involved in the game from a media perspective, uh, you know, you might be judged two to three times a day now. So um, completely different as a person, though.
0: I think it's a shame there has to be a differentiation, but it does. It's 2020. Do you find yourself having to pull back? change tact on something you really want to say because you know it's not politically correct, you know it won't go down well. Do you have to filter Ricky Stewart?
1: No, I, I try not to, Andy. I, um, I try to bring I, – I have to sometimes try and bring my job into my personality when it's public yep. to probably bring that little bit of uh, political correctness in that I don't agree with um and it's probably to be, you know, the professional that you have yep. to be in regards to um a head coach. But look, I think it's important that people see your personality and your DNA through your coaching. And I I, I don't filter that. Um if I filter that, I don't think I'm coaching well, or I'm not coaching true. Mm. Um, I think it's really it's important for the players to um believe in me and the only way they can believe in me is by being myself my own dna and my own personality own character and if uh, i'm trying to pretend to be something else uh, it's certainly not believing in the person that i am so i've got to i've got to have myself um in my profession um but as i say you know me as a you know me from a professional point of view and you've also known me very well as a uh a uh, bloke you can have a beer with it
0: at the pub. Can the public life <laughs> and pressures of being a professional sporting coach suck the character out of a bloke? Because I, I've witnessed that what I believe to be just that with a few guys. Some lose the ability to trust. Some lose the passion for the game because it becomes a job. Some simply just can't relax. Do any of those ring true with you?
1: I I lost a lot of passion for the game. Uh, um. Probably about uh four, three, four yeah. years ago. I um um I was coaching because I enjoyed coaching. I didn't coach because I enjoyed rugby league. Um uh, I wanted I wanted my team, my club to win. Um I I, I feel a a, a a refreshness now. I feel a um a new a new energy. Yeah. Um, but no, I lost a lot of passion for the game. I fell out of love of love with it for a number of years. Um, fortunately, I hung in there, and I'm still involved in it. But um, I think uh, one of the great things for me, Andy, is that uh, uh, I'm not involved in social media. I think uh, social media sucks the life out of a lot of yep. uh, people, and you know they they fall into believing the numbers and numbers of different opinions. The only opinion I, um, the only opinion I take any notice to or uh, respond to is from family and and mates. You know when when you got mates telling you that you're a dickhead, you got to pull your head in. That's when you listen. Um, yeah. when you've got mates telling you, um, you know that I don't know about that choice or that decision. Or I don't don't agree or believe what you said. You have that discussion and and then all of a sudden that's. If you're in the, in the wrong, that's when you change tack, you know, yeah. because they, they got your, they've got your interests at heart. You know, people uh, on um, different platforms of uh, opinion, uh, that, that doesn't bother me. That's an opinion to them, but a lot of it is bias.
0: Double question. What do you love about coaching and what pisses you off about it?
1: Um, nobody understands what goes into coaching, Everybody thinks you go to training and you coach football and you you got nothing else to yeah. do for the rest of the day. Um, my greatest responsibility and is um, I was a look I look out for my player. I coach like I coach to care. Mm. Um, you're a boss. You're a coach. You're a mate. Some of them, uh, Andy, uh, you're a father figure too, and they're all different. All different. Uh, uh, headings there for a number of different individuals because I've got 36 in my group you've got a second grade team you've got under 18s 20s and uh, 16s and <clears throat> you you want to be seen as a person who cares for all of them and I do um, but um, you know that, that that's what I love the hardest thing is mate it's a uh, um, is the I suppose the constant, the constant spotlight on every every decision, every choice you make—it doesn't I mean, that's, stop. That's does hard. It? No, that's why. That's why I've got to have. Uh, yeah, you have. Yeah, you talk about family and mates. They're they're so important around this job. Well, and I'm talking about me individually. I'm not talking about any other coach. I'm talking about me because I I lean on those people so so much. Yep. Um. And it's usually through losing. Okay. Because it's it's a great job when you're winning. Mm. You bounce out Monday mornings when you win, but <laughs> losing, and this is me. I, I don't handle it well. I've got better with making decisions around the uh, around losing, but um, you know it's a that's that's a that's the hard part of the job when you yeah. you find a rut. Nobody knows coaching until you've lost three in a row, four in a row. I promise you.
0: Want to know what's coming up on the Legends series? Stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the Andy Raymond. It's difficult to break down exactly, but if you had to sort of make an educated guess, what percentage of your job is coaching footy tactics compared to very simply, as you said, just guiding young men on their life journey to give them the best chance of excelling physically on a weekend?
1: I've um those those percentages if you asked me 5 years ago 10 years ago 18 years ago when I started the percentage would what of of strategy the percentage of uh, tactic uh coaching would far outweigh yeah far outweigh the uh uh the the mentor the the mate to a player the the care for the player um well, not to say that I didn't care for the boys, but it was far outweighed by having to do football. Now, I've, you know, as I've matured and got older and learnt more from coaching, I've delegated more role to, of coaching to my assistants. Yep. They provide a lot of attention to detail in regards to the, the skill, the execution of what strategy or tactic plan we've got to put in place, mm-hmm. um, and it's working for us. It allows me to spend more time on... Um, uh, coaching, but just not coaching football. It's, yep. I'm big on getting the athlete, the footy player, to the sideline in best physical condition, which I've got a high-performance manager and a team to do, and in best mental preparation because they can all play football. They can have the best plan in the in in the game, but if they're physically not there or if they're mentally not there, it doesn't matter what plan, what practice, or you've been doing all week, physically and mentally, they can't apply it. I would much prefer to have no plan but have the the natural instinct of a footballer, hit the sideline, mentally focused and physically right to play.
0: I know how much you care for your players and I would suggest our listeners already have figured that out. Because you're so close, how much does it hurt telling a player they've been dropped or there's no room for them on the roster and they've got to move on? Um, Not as a boss, as a bloke. How does that play on your emotions? The
1: hard part about being close to your player, there's two things with that. When, when you have to tell a player that he's not in the squad, or he, the the the, the option for him would be brighter to be looking at another club. I just believe I, I'm okay if I'm telling them the truth. Okay. Uh, and and I'm shocking because I have got bad body language when I'm bullshitting. You know. Um, and it's a uh, it's easily picked on me, so I try not to.
0: <laughs> on the other side of that, what does it do for you to tell an eighteen or nineteen year old kid his dreams are about to come true and he's about to make his debut?
1: It makes up for all the hard days where you have got to tell them that they are no longer yeah. involved, or, or sort of you, don't, you you can't find a spot in your squad for them, and or they're, they're they're dropped, but. Going back to that first question, when you when you have to uh, put a player back to second grade or under 20s, you tell him why. Yep. Once you tell him why, if he doesn't agree with you, that's, that's fine. But it's an opinion that you have to share. Yep. Uh, when they're no longer involved in your squad, there's usually reasons for it and those reasons have to be discussed. Yep. The hard part about it, mate, is where I get let down is um, um, when they're not doing the right thing by the team. Not me
0: Yep
1: The team, the club More importantly themselves You know, when they get themselves into trouble I'll always I'll always give a dickhead a second chance You know, I haven't got a dickhead's policy I've got a bigger word for the policy I got Um, But if I For every mistake I made If I'd have been kicked out of the game I would have been out a long time ago So fortunately I had people That gave me a little bit of a redemption And second chance So (laughs) I'm all for that Giving another guy a chance But you know a person that uh, makes wrong choices and sometimes a wrong decision they can be fixed and not but yep. uh, I'm all for helping other uh, young young blokes out too
0: what's pressure mean to you how do you deal with it
1: well that's high performance that's 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 uh, being involved in elite competition uh, pressure is a um, uh, the the it's what what the challenge of the week is of uh, mm-hmm. Performing at the highest level and competing at the highest level and winning—that's that's the pressure that comes with it. Um, you know, I've I've probably handled I probably handle pressure now differently to when I started coaching. Um, but when I started coaching, I was probably coaching like I was playing, and when there was pressure, I would t- I would take it head on, and I probably have a, a lot more intensity uh, in handling that pressure um and that probably went into my that fell into my coaching early in my days but I find a lot more composure and uh more re- I'm more relaxed around pressure now um this probably comes with age too mate you know maturing and I I think with my kids with Emma 23 21 and 20 the two uh 19 the two boys, they they've matured me too in regards to how you look at things and um handling pressures.
0: I've known you as a bloke for thirty years. I'd describe you as intelligent and good looking.
1: First time I've ever Sorry,
0: that was that was a typo, <laughs> only joking. I would describe you as extremely mentally strong, intensely focused, and uncompromising in your beliefs and values and loyal. Am I on the mark as to how you see yourself? I don't
1: know. You'd have to you'd have probably have to ask one of my mates. Uh, the good looking bit, I totally agree with, <laughs> mate. Um, how would I know? Um, but I, as I say, you listen to your mates, and I, I do, and that, they're the guys, they're, they're your best gauge in regards to you as a person. And you judge, your – I think you judge people with the people they hang with. And I really believe in that. Uh, quote,
0: are you mentally strong? I think you are.
1: I wouldn't be still coaching if I wasn't, mate. I, I, yeah. I know I am because, um, it's it's given me longevity in in the game. I went through a tough period there, Andy, for uh, three or four years where um, it could have broke me. And yep. the easy thing would be would have been for me to uh, pull the pin and just say, you know, I've been real happy. I've I've done both, played, coached. I've still got a bit more time in coaching, and uh, um, I'll name myself when um, I've had enough. But uh, if you're not mentally tough, there's a lot of things in life, not just football. There's a lot of things in life that uh, uh, will beat you because, you know, in in today's environment, you know, we talked about social media earlier in our our discussion, Um, mental toughness, uh, there's a number of different types of ways you can look at it, resilience, um, have, have confidence and belief in your own personality, have confidence and belief in your choices, Um, You know, there's a lot of ways to describe mental toughness, but mate, really, if you haven't got uh, uh, some of that confidence and belief, the mental toughness, resilience we talk about, uh, uh, you're not you're not made for coaching.
0: You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends Series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available you set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. Every side needs to be balanced on the field and off. We spoke about it in short form a little earlier, but how important is it for a coach not only to find the right player, but also the right character off the field,
1: the longer I'm in the game, the more I coach, the more important I'm finding character in the ability in, in the the makeup of the the player. Yes, they have to be able to play the game. Yes, they have to have the ability and the um, uh, the level of confidence to get them to play at the top level at the NRL. Uh, but um, from all the time I've managed individuals and teams, um, the guy that has actually won out is the person who, yes, has the ability and has the has the um, ethic to work hard. A good bloke, I call it Andy, and it's all. Uh, I mean, I'm a pretty simple yep. person, and and I think with my club, my my group of players at our top level at the moment, I've got 36 good blokes and. You know, we spoke about it earlier. I, I, you know, there is no dickhead policy thing. I, I haven't got that. I just want good blokes there because sometimes good blokes make a an error of judgment, but a good bloke can can turn that around quickly. That's where we give them that second chance. Yep. Um, and it's very important that the the players understand what my views are because it. Uh, I've always said this, Andy for a long, long time, that uh, a football player will play the play his game on the field the way he lives his life off it. You're taking shortcuts on your mates, you're taking shortcuts on your parents, you're lying to your parents, you'll take shortcuts okay. on the field. If you're not true to yourself off the field, you won't be true to yourself to your mates on the field and you're going to be the guy that's actually the the weakness, the weak link.
0: Inside those 36 players that, that every coach has – there also has to be a variation. Quickly, I'd, lo- I'd like to get your assessment on in your group. Who's the serious one?
1: The serious one in my in my playing group. Yeah. Uh, gee, the serious one. I've got a couple there. Like, um, and when I say serious, they're not highly intense player people where they are. Um, uh, they can't have a bit of fun, but the more mature, serious ones you're looking at your um, Josh Hodgsons and Jared Croker's, which is obviously why they co-captains. Ilya Whitehead's very uh, uh, studious about the game. His football, he's, he'll make a good coach one day. Sammy Williams, you know, they're probably more more the, the senior players of the of the team. C.S. Soliola. They can be the serious ones, but yet then also make sure that there's a bit of laughter around the joint. Who's the joker? I've got a few. Believe it or not, Papa is a... uh,
0: Is that right?
1: In his own little quiet way, a very, very funny guy. He got the boys together the other day and played a joke on them and uh, I'll let him tell you if he wants to the day you actually do a podcast with him. But he he is a character, Papa, um, but then... Uh, you know, the intense ones such as a Johnny Bateman can be very, very intense, but then he's a character as well. Um, There's all different individuals make up a team and um, as long as at the end of the day they all have the same beliefs and they're all after the same uh, prize, you need the different individuals. That's important.
0: Who's your leader? Who's the tough one that they they follow at training, that they want on the field because he makes them believe in themselves?
1: Probably the three boys I mentioned there in Papa Bateman Jack Whiten, and Elliot you know they they are uncompromising those four and all in their own different ways um, jack jack's learning how to be a, a an integral part of a team from his position he's playing he's only played a year and a half at five eight and uh, when you touch the ball so many times on the football field you have got a lot of choice to make when you're when when his greatest quality is his toughness you know his raw power strength his explosion his toughness he's learning the finesse of the game um, papa is papa we know what the we know what papa brings and then talk about Elliot and Bateman they're ruthlessly tough people they're ruthlessly competitive and with one of those boys on the field, we're a better football team. With the four of them on the team, on the team at the same time, uh, gives us, you know, a um, gives me a great team to uh, coach.
0: That leadership role in a club environment with young men, often loose young men, is so important. It seems to be becoming less and less. When you started, if you got out of line, an old timer would get in your face and pull you up can you still get away with that in politically correct 2020
1: i spoke to you earlier about me not changing my personality towards coaching and i think they have to the the, the boys know what i'm like I, I i ask for greater assistance off my senior players now to um to look at behavioral um uh, issues around the uh the squad and there's not a lot there's not a lot but you know, if it's something that can be done without me knowing about it, if there's something that can be fixed without having to come and talk to me about it, which mostly that's done, um, I think it's fantastic because then I've got a good, mature senior person and or group to be able to look after things that I don't need to know about. And that that does get done. I've got a number of, them talking to those names there a moment ago, and Sir Soliola, um, and he's another relentlessly tough individual. Um, the strength of your senior players... Is the strength of your squad overall? It doesn't just come down to your coach. The strength of your senior players, and I believe we've had um, a rise in the ability of our squad, our club, our successes as a footy team and individuals over the last two to three seasons because of the strength of our senior people. They're taking on uh, a lot more of a mature role towards our our end, our end results. Um, we put a. a amount of time into helping the leaders become leaders and understanding what a leader is.
0: Culture seems to be a buzzword. Obviously, it's initiated by a head coach, but primarily, is it the players that drive it?
1: 100%.
0: Okay.
1: You can create the vision, but they've got to uphold the standards of the vision. And, and culture is a buzzword. And I'd like to probably look at more of standards of how we... We 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 train the standards of how we play the standards of how we want to be known as a uh, as a part of the team as an individual part of the uh, the, the bigger the bigger squad. Um, you've got to make yourself personally accountable, and and by driving standards, everybody is a leader. There's nobody who can't be a leader. Um, the person that doesn't want to be a leader is, I, I believe, selfish. You got to. Everyone's got some type of leadership quality, and. Where that is in the day, whether it's creating a little bit of fun around the joint, fortunately, like, that's a social leader. He's creating some fun around a downtime. Whether that's driving the standards on the field, driving the standards in the gym, uh, making sure guys aren't jumping physio, making sure guys are are doing their stretching and making their – doing their individual uh, uh, skill work before or after training. There's always somebody who can, and usually in most humble, quiet guys, such as a Denarius Louie, they're wonderful leaders for me because they get the job done without any fuss. That, for me, is the um, the managing of a of a greater group comes from the, the the real strength of your leaders, and that creates culture, and that creates standards. High standards um, are meant to be hard to drive and hard to hard to uh, sustain.
0: Any elite athlete will tell you it takes more than just being physically fit to be at your best. And our friends at Galaxy Finance can have you at the top of your financial game. From home loans to investments and self-managed super funds, they provide complete solutions. Call Galaxy Finance on 1300 917740 and mention you heard it on Andy Raymond Unfiltered to get an obligation-free chat to see how Galaxy Finance can assist you. Do you like being a boss? Is Is it natural to you?
1: I don't see myself as a boss. I never have. I never have. Uh, I don't see myself as the big dog walking around the the field or the the, the, uh, facility, our high-performance facility, but I don't believe anybody else should be either.
0: Is the emotion of rugby league as a coach the same as what it was as a player for you?
1: Different. Different. Um, the emotion of um, I'd play again tomorrow if I could Andy it's easier <laughs> um, but the emotion of coaching is seeing people improve there's nothing better to see a young man that you've had in the under 20s comes through and play a little bit of Premier League and then second grade or uh, New South Wales Cup um, and then bang you go handy hand him a jumper and um, Seeing people improve as individuals, and that's not just in football, that's as people. Um, since I've been here now, I've, I've, I've seen guys grow from their first first-grade game to get married, to have children. That, that to me, is as much a part of winning as is, as is um, uh, in coaching, as as much a part of winning. Seeing that in an individual um, is, for me, something that in 20 years' time I'll... Um, I'll remember more so than just winning.
0: Because you were so good as a player, and you were, do you have the tendency to perhaps expect too much from your players who may not be as naturally gifted an athlete as you were?
1: I I appreciate the big rap about that. I don't see myself as that that great a player. Yeah, I I, I may have been a good player, but I, I was very, very fortunate in who I played with. Um, I had wonderful talent around me, which made me a better player. Um, but, yes, I do have a probably too higher expectation on some of my players, not all of them. Some of them I probably have a higher expectation I should have. Um, but then I find out through my assistants that I'm probably leaning on an individual or whatnot. He needs to be driven more, so I do. Um, but I, there's been times where I can go too hard. and And... I've got to make sure I've got a good balance there. But yes, um, there's been a number of individuals over the years that uh, I've probably been too hard on. But in saying that, um, I wouldn't have been if I didn't think they had the talent and all the 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 mindset to be able to achieve it.
0: Because you're a seven, are you particularly hard on the hard facts? And I'll call bullshit if I think you're not telling the truth here. That
1: that's been noted a lot. Um, that I've been very very hard on halfbacks. Um, yeah, I am hard on. Them, but um, mate, that's you 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 run the show. Halfback runs the show. I, I don't care what anyone says. You 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 own results as a halfback, and that's how I've that's how I was growing up as a player. Um, I, I remember a day uh, playing. At uh, Penrith and after the game we are walking off and he had come up and said to me you lost that for us today if I said that to a, that to a player today I'd be in the papers the next day and he'd oh, have been sacked yeah um, um, but I prefer to grow up that way with that toughness um, because I tell you you learn a lot quicker mm. I bet I played well the week after yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I am quite a um thorough with watching my halves. I'm really enjoying the growth of Jack Whiten. Yep. And I'm really enjoying my time now with George Williams. You know, he's thrown a couple of cutout passes at the moment and his last two have been intercepted. And I have coaches and I have others who are frustrated with uh, with it. I enjoy it. And I grabbed him this week. I said, mate, fuck it. Don't worry about what other people say. Just listen to me. Yep. I said, we'll score, we'll, we'll score off one of these. As we have this season, but we just showed him we just showed him where he's actually achieving the pass and where he's not achieving the pass, the field position of where he's passing the football and who he's got in front of him and how many he's got on his outside, showing the little technical side of it, the detail side of it. But then don't don't lose the will of wanting to be that instinctive player, that spontaneous type of player, because you know the game the game loves that type of player and the game's better for it.
0: <laughs> Who's had the greatest influence on your coaching career? Well, probably um, there's three people
1: and one one in Tim Sheens who you know had a, a, a greater influence than either the other two I'll mention to you in a moment about. But um, Tim Tim's Tim had had me for about eight years yep. as head coach, and I learned so much through him. But I, I learned then that relationships with your coaches, um, Bob Fulton, Phil Gould, I, I learned then that the relationship with a player-coach is really important. They cared for their players. They they felt that they had responsibility toward their players, and I think that's important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then Tim Tim showed us how to train. He showed us what hard work was about, and he showed us how to prepare. I'm very big on... on I'll, I'll have a player any day that prepares well more so than just knows the game plan. Okay. Um, you know, it's easy just to read the plan and understand the plan, but when you're not preparing well physically, mentally, it don't matter about the plan. Um, Tim, ta- Tim taught us. He, he he taught us how how to train hard and how to plan uh, prepare well. Um, I was very fortunate in my representative career to have two coaches such as Bob Fulton and Phil Gill. Mm-hmm. Distinctly, distinctively different, um, but they had a. Um, Gus was that very, very, um, he was highly, uh, highly motivating coach who had a. A Warren Ryan was his mentor, uh, had that scientific, understanding, tactical, strategic. Yep. brain of game and he taught me a lot in my short time as an origin halfback to him um bozo also who knew the game and looking for that extra one yeah you know, that extra one percent in in what he could find was the most competitive ruthless person that i've ever had in uh, as a coach
0: tim sheens you can't give a bloke a bigger rap than having a, a thorough look through his resume and he's sprinkled a bit of dust over yourself, Craig Bellamy, Kev Walters, Laurie Daly, Mal Meninga, even Wayne Bennett. That is an amazing rap that he could impart so much knowledge on so many different people and then watch them become successes.
1: It's not so much um, so much different knowledge, it's the knowledge that he owns. I still talk to Tim today. I was talking. I was texting Tim uh, in England uh, an hour before I. Was, me and you started to talk.
0: Okay,
1: um, mate. It's it's not the amount of knowledge. albeit he has a vaster vast knowledge of the game, uh, but it's a um, it's right. It's correct. Mm. It's correct knowledge. You know, so many people have got so much knowledge. Fifty percent of it is probably. Not going to be useful, and/or it's their own brand. But Shinsy has shown with the amount of people that he's had in his in his teams, or his grasp in regards to coaching, or teaching them how to uh, teaching them about the game, um, goes to show you it's quite evident that it's he's his information uh, still stands the test of time today in regards to the strategic side of the game the the way you get your team prepared, just building rosters, mm. um, major major part of a head coach's job in building a roster. I spend a lot of time on that each week. The um, thing with Tim, though, mate, is uh, uh, he's a friend as much as a coach.
0: Yep.
1: And that's so part of my DNA, mate, part of my personality is I'm very much a relationship type of person. You know, I'm I'm more of a probably with my leadership, it's probably more visionary. Um, I don't have to be best mates with my players. Um, I don't even need them to be my friend. But the relationship I need them with, need them to have with me is they need to trust me because I won't like Sheen's in. It's probably what I learned off Tim. Um, you're doing everything unselfishly for the best of the player and that's off the field and on the field. As long as they trust me, I don't mind if they like me or not, as long as they trust me.
0: If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. We know your passion. It's on show every week from your seat on the sideline. I can't count how many times you've yelled at me. Andy, tell those fucking cameras to get out of my face. But I want to know,
1: most importantly. Tell Steve Crawley, tell Steve Crawley if he wants another interview to move these fucking cameras. Yeah,
0: exactly right. <laughs> I'd cop it you know, every second Canberra game. Uh, what does your wife Kaylee say to you when she sees you blowing up on the TV? Do you, do you ever get the lecture?
1: <laughs> You're a fuckwit. No, <laughs> no, no lectures. She um, understands. Yeah. She understands how important the win and loss is, mate. That's why I'm I'm lucky with Kaylee because she's uh, grown up with it as a player with me, and then uh, as a coach. But uh, she she gets the importance of the win and loss.
0: Yeah. Do you get a giggle out of seeing other coaches blow up? I know Craig Bellamy's a great mate of yours. It still makes me laugh. It just never gets old.
1: He's worse than me. He is a dickhead in the box, mate, honestly. He could be up by 18 and he's going off his head. I sit back and laugh and laugh and laugh at him and then I sit back and think, Jesus Christ, they're all sitting back laughing at me. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: Speaking of Craig, your mateship has stood the test of time. Do you see other coaches as rivals, as mates, as colleagues of the coaching fraternity or as the enemy to a degree? Enemies and rivals. That's the, just you, um, you're, you're so competitive.
1: I don't know, but I've, uh, they want what I want, mate. Yeah. And that's why I've always said it's hard coaching against Craig. Um, we are best friends and um, it's a um, difficult assignment and it's a, um, we both understand the professional side of it. The After 80 minutes, we have a beer together and it's uh, we move forward. But yeah. Um, you know, I just see them as competitors and it's, uh, it's not my job to like them. It's a matter of uh, trying, to, trying to get what I need.
0: It's been an interview about the person, more so than the coach or the player. On that, last year's grand final and the way you conducted yourself during the game and after the game, after one of the biggest fuck-ups ever, you showed incredible class, composure and dignity. Were you simply lost for words? Were you overstimulated emotionally that you, you had nothing left to give, or was acceptance simply the best way out of a difficult situation?
1: Uh, I mean, the first four people I shook hands with were the three officials and um, uh, four four officials, I should say, and then and then Robinson. So. That was a sign of yeah, game's done. Well done with the officials, um, Andy. I actually understood the situation he was in.
0: Yep.
1: Ben Cummins, and I've, so I say this a number of times. I've I've got myself in a lot of strife over the years with saying what I want to say after a press uh, during a press conference. Yep. It's not personal about referees. It was once. In one situation, but in most of those situations, it's never been been a personal thing. It's just something stupid I've said in a press conference. And I've I've spoken to referees, bosses and individual referees about this. I've apologised to uh, uh, Bill Harrigan about a blow I had with him and it was my fault. I grabbed Bill at the Hall of Fame dinner three years ago and put my hand out and I said, I don't mind if you don't talk to me ever again, but it's just a matter of me making sure that I'm comfortable with apologising to you. And, And now we're back talking again when we see each other but i felt i could feel what he, he he the pressure he was under right there and then i knew what i knew what was happening and the the easiest thing for me was for him to understand that it's it was a um as much as my disappointment mm. on what i thought was a mistake nothing could be changed there and then and i didn't want that individual in regards to ben Cummins um, having any um, pressure or uh, anger from me.
0: I thought, and many others thought, you're an example of what is good about rugby league that night. Are you proud of the way you handled yourself? Because there were a number of different ways you could have gone and you chose a very admirable one. Were you proud of it?
1: Well, I, yes, I am now For for... The, for the fact, two facts, one, that you know, Ben and I uh, had lunch together uh, during the off-season this year. He came down and did a scrimmage for me and uh, we went and had a sandwich with a couple of his other refs. Um, I hope he paid. It, uh, I actually shouted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was nice to know that, yeah, there was an error, or I mean that's if they see it as an error, yeah. uh, but – we're still communicating was that me 10 years ago I don't know if that would have been the same situation but I didn't know with what I was doing was going to be so public either Andy okay like I I didn't go into that press conference and not criticize anybody or anything um I didn't go out and shake their hands on the fact that everybody's going to see it I I just went about my way in regards to how I wanted to go about it um I mean, there was a lot of the media and publicity about it the next day, but I didn't do it for that. I just did it because I thought that was the right way to go about it.
0: I've got to ask, was there a moment, was it later that night, was it the next day, the next week, where you exploded and vented your anger? Um, did it come out at some stage? You, maybe anger's the wrong word. Anger, frustration, disappointment, emotion, all of those combined. Was there, was there one moment at... It overspilled.
1: Yes, more than one moment, and you can underline every word you just said. Mm. (laughs) It's hard enough getting to a grand final. Not to say that we we should have won. The Roosters were good there for six or seven minutes, and we fell asleep. Mm. And we were a better team on the night, and should have won the game in my eyes, but we didn't. Mm. Um, And. It is very hard to um, uh, swallow because it is so hard to get there. Yeah. Winning the winning winning the game is easier than getting there, as you would know, mate. You've been around for a long time.
0: There's a boxing terminology. Take it out of the judges' hands, and I heard that used in reference to the grand final. Were there opportunities? in that GF that you look back on now and think we could have taken it out of the judges' hands if only we hadn't done this?
1: There was two opportunities, one where I uh, I won't go into it, but there was two opportunities, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Was 2020 always going to be different and harder because of the way 2019 finished?
1: No, not at all. We've grown. I'm I'm enjoying what I'm seeing with uh, the team this year. We've grown, we've, we've bounced off that. Uh, uh, we've got a big game this weekend um, against the Roosters on Saturday night and I was just talking to a guy who does a lot of our um, mental preparation this morning and um, we're talking about it and win, lose, or draw on, uh, with this game and this podcast will come out after it. The way the players have handled this week um, I can see their growth and maturity in the preparation of what we experienced last year, leading into the semi-finals and the and the grand final. So, you know, overall, the squad has grown from the experience we gained last year from the big games we had to play in and be involved
0: in. How much must give you a bit of satisfaction seeing young men grow, learn a lesson, and mature and settle down?
1: Yes. Um, you know, it's a little bit like uh Timmy Sheen's. You know, he's got uh he, he he had me from the age of twenty to twenty-eight year old and then he parted ways with the club and I went my way, he went his way, and we're uh, you know, he's he's seen my three kids grow up, he's seen me get married, he's a um we're still talking, communicating and, and great mates today. That that's all a part of it, you know, and, and I often say, I often say to these boys, you know, um, I don't just coach you for now. I want to be having a beer with you in 20 years' time. And and I can't give you any more of a truer feeling for me as a, as a coach because that's how it is. And that's not going to happen with every player I've coached, but I can promise you it happens with uh, the majority of them.
0: Rick, a wonderful insight into the man, not so much the player or the coach. We'd love to have you back on one day and we'll relive your playing days. You, sir, are a legend. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Legends Series. Throughout the month of September, we're dropping a new episode every third day. Be sure to subscribe to Andy Raymond Unfiltered wherever you're listening. And to ensure you don't miss any news on what's coming up, follow our social media pages at The Andy Raymond. Dropping Thursdays starting October 1st, it's the Weekly Wodge. It's a little bit of this, plenty of that. A mix of the serious and the not-so. Interviews, segments, specials and special guests. If you enjoy the lighter side of the wonderful world of sport and fart jokes, you'll enjoy the Weekly watch. Come back soon, legends.